You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we are setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall Sabraki, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, wife, and U.S. Navy Lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. What is up, world? This is your host, Kelly Sabraki, with incredible guest on the show today, Heather Sumlin, my old mental management coach from my pageant days, still flourishing and doing huge things in the mental management space. Heather, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is my third time. Yeah, third time. I know we haven't had you on since I think season one. I think season one, I had you on two times. And then you have just been a busy woman. Let me tell you, you are creating impact and making waves. What have you been up to since, Heather? So I just started my own company. So for the past 19 years, I've worked for my father for mental management systems, which I'm still associated with. I still do a lot of work with my dad and with my brother, with athletes and just kind of We still do the With Winning in Mind podcast that I do with my brother. But now I started my own company called Sumlin Solutions. And so my goal is to really provide solutions, especially for women who want to be able to reach whatever their goals are, whatever their dreams are. I work a lot in pageantry still. I work a lot in dog sports with dog handlers. And I work in subjective graded sports still, like gymnastics or cheer or something a lot or stage performance. But I want to also expand and really just help women no matter where they are in life with taking the mental management principles and things that we teach and applying it to themselves. So there's a solution to every problem. And so it's not a problem anymore if you find a solution. There's a semblance solution to every problem. There is. uh, I'm so proud of you. I connected with you through my trainer, Body by Craig, back in 2019. I had my first conversation with you in my car. I literally took it in the car, trying to squeeze in time, you know, obviously work-life balance here, pursuing passions. But that initial conversation with you truly changed everything. You're so intentional. Your thoughts are so profound yet simplistic, if that makes sense. Like everything that you've ever said to me, I'm like, oh, duh. (laughs) You know, but I just needed it to come from someone like you who knows what you're saying and you have such incredible intentions and you're here again trying to get us to the solution. So we've talked about self-image previously. We've talked about approaching competition. You are definitely number one reason why I was runner-up in Miss California USA. My mental space was incredible approaching that pageant, weeks leading into it, and then just being there. And something that really stuck out to me was our discussions on comparison. And I've still taken a lot of those lessons into my professional life today because the military is a very competitive environment. Not to mention, you know, being in the influencing space, podcasting, everything else I do outside of the Navy. So I think it's important for others to hear your solutions, but also just your thoughts on ways to avoid comparison. So as I'm working hard on season four to kick off every show, Let me hear what you think is most misunderstood about comparison or ways to avoid comparison. One thing that comes to mind to me is that comparison is always bad. Yeah. There's this myth that if we're comparing ourselves to someone else, that that's automatically a negative thing or a bad thing or something to completely avoid. And I think we should avoid comparison when comparison affects our personal growth and our self-image and if it holds us back from being the person we're created to be then we should definitely avoid it. And there's so many different ways that we can compare ourselves to other people. But there is one way that I feel like comparison is actually valuable. And it's exactly what my father did when he was pursuing his Olympic dream. He had no choice but to compare himself to the people who were being successful to find out where are the holes in my progress? What is it that I need to be doing that other people are doing that would help me propel towards that success faster? And I think when we're comparing ourselves to someone else who has been on a similar journey and we can learn from them, from the things that they have been able to accomplish and how they've been able to do it, and if we're able to gain that insight, then that comparison could be valuable for us, actually. It's when we're comparing ourselves to someone else and we are 
hurting our own self-image by talking negatively internally based on that comparison, that it becomes a problem. But when we're being inspired or motivated or challenged in some way by watching someone else's journey and being excited by that journey and wanting to propel ourselves forward because of some of the things that they've done, I feel like that's what you do with your podcast and with your influencing. It's always positive. It's kind of this, you can do it too. Don't look at me and wish to be me. Look at me and look at ways that you can succeed in the areas in which you want to based on the fact that I have as well. So when you provide these resources and content that is valuable to women and so, and men too, please listen, guys. So there's things that, that you provide that no one else is necessarily doing in the way in which you do it. And so therefore it's very powerful for people. And if they can look at it as, what can I learn? What are the lessons I can retain from someone who has been where I want to go so that I can apply those lessons to myself and then it becomes amazing. I love that you're starting off with something so positive because I feel like this can be a touchy subject, negative, you know, people don't really want to self-reflect and get into this dark space. But exactly like you said, I mean, now I realize I'm kind of on this isolated path. I actually did a podcast interview last week and the interviewer asked like, is it lonely sometimes? And I said, yes, because I don't really have anyone else in the military who's necessarily passionate or doing the same things I'm doing. So I'm just kind of creating that path and assessing along the way. But I would be novice not to say that there were a lot of times, even now, when, you know, five years ago, I would see women who won Miss USA, for example, and then they became this mega television stars or they got their own podcast or they launched, you know, all of these passion projects because they were given that opportunity. Or maybe I have friends who struck gold and were able to invest in a business and now they do that full time. And I'm like, I don't come from money. I don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to invest in myself. I have to do this on my own with my Navy paycheck and I also never won Miss USA or never was given the spotlight that some people, they get that one opportunity and then that launch pads them into X, Y, and Z. So I've had to kind of step away with, okay, I don't have this, 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 and this, but what do I have? And there's so many more people like me who, you know, are in the similar position. So I think that's kind of how I've engineered this. But do you feel like you face a lot of women who are in similar positions? I think women are prone to comparison. I think women notice each other a lot and pay attention. Yeah. Which is good and can be bad as well, depending on what you're noticing and what you're focusing on. I think sometimes we can have these temptations to want someone else to fail, which makes me sad. Instead of like wanting people to succeed, I remember telling clients throughout the years, you know, it's really okay if God blesses someone other than you. Ooh. It's really okay. That's really powerful. And I think sometimes we forget that we're not the only person he's looking out for and we're not the only person that he has a plan for. And he can't bless all of us at the same time equally, especially in the pursuit of pageant where only one person is recognized with that win, yet there are so many winners on the stage. And so being able to really find joy when someone else succeeds and really want that for them, honestly, it's not easy. Yeah. I feel this so much because even now I had to kind of overcome that loss and grieve that loss when I didn't win Miss California in 2020. But now, I mean, people ask me a lot, like, what's the next five years look like? What's the next 10 years look like? I'm like, I may not even get into my purpose until I'm 40. You know, I'm 30 years old right now. There are so many people who don't step into their businesses or step into their future careers until later in life using the tools they were given previously or because they've picked themselves up from failure before. You know, it's interesting when you say I may not find my purpose or live my purpose until I'm in my 40s. Girl, you live your purpose every dang day. (laughs) 
I think you're being used every day in order to inspire and encourage. And I think that is your purpose. And whether you're doing that in Navy uniform or whether you're doing that with a microphone or whether you're doing that with a camera, there's so many different ways that you're inspiring people. And so don't hold yourself back thinking that your purpose is yet to find. I think we can live each and every day purposefully and intentionally because we choose to. I think it starts with praying for that discernment to make sure that whatever we're doing is really done with the right intention. But at the end of the day, every single day can be purposeful. I agree with that so much. I think I just, I'm sure others feel like that. And I'm sure clients of yours feel like this. I just don't know if I will ever have that moment where I'm like, I've arrived. Like this is it. You know, I still don't feel that. I hope you don't. I hope you don't have that moment. Because if you have that moment where you feel like you've arrived, then you're finished and you have nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah. This is what's so incredibly cool about like the pageant journey, which is how we met. What's so cool is this journey of self-discovery. I think we talked about this in one of our previous conversations, but yeah, it's a journey of self-discovery. And the thing is, one thing we learn is that we never actually reach that completion. We never actually reach excellence. Like we pursue excellence and do all things with excellence and that intention. But at the end of the day, you don't reach it. You don't reach perfection. Not on this side of heaven. Yeah. So why do we pursue that? Like we pursue it so much. Like one day I'm going to know that I have made it. No, you're not. And you should rest in that. Like be okay with that because there's always something more to accomplish and more to do and all of that. So, and that, I don't even know if that should be your goal. I think it should be, hey, what can I do today that serves someone else that helps me? And that's, worthwhile. Like, let me do that every day. And to circle back to our kind of initial intention of the conversation of comparison, I think I have realized that my goal truly in life is to be happy and to uplift others. And I'm constantly assessing, does this bring me joy? Am I happy doing this? And is there something positive coming from it? And if the answer is no, no, or even yes, no, then I'm reassessing because I don't feel like God placed me on this earth to be negative, be upset, not be happy, live an unhappy lifestyle, all of that. Like, Because I feel like when I am happy, when I am tapping into those talents that he's giving me or that purpose he's given me, then I can serve others. But I definitely wasn't doing that for a chapter in my life when I was comparing. And I was comparing myself in a romantic relationship. So I would see other people getting married and be like, what the heck? Why can't I find someone? I was comparing money. How are these people making this much money at 25? Like what? You know, I pay my rent, but I have barely have extra money at the end of the day to go shopping. You know, I can't compare myself, my social media following. These women at 28 years old had 200,000 followers. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, and then those were just snippets and snippets and snippets of unhappiness. And you said there's a variety of ways that we compare ourselves. I feel like I just named a few, but can you dive into that a little bit so we can be more aware? Based on just my experience, I'm sure there's more (laughs) that somebody can probably (laughs) say, well, there's like 10 of them or whatever, but there are 17 ways we compare ourselves. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. To me, there's ways in which we compare ourselves to other people. So one is comparing yourself to someone else where they are superior to you. And that could be all of the things that you're saying is kind of in that category where oh, okay, you know, they make more money than me, therefore they're better than me. Or they um, have a bigger following than me, therefore they're better than me. Or like in a pageant scenario or in some sort of competitive scenario, they're prettier than I am. They're more successful than I am. They're more, you know, their resume is better than I am. They speak better than I do. They, you know, whatever, they have it all together. And, but I never will. So it's when you qualify that, when you say, wow, they're doing something X, Y, Z really well. And then when you internalize it as, and I'm never will reach that, or I'm not going to be able to compete with that, or I can't get there. That's when it's negative. That's when it doesn't work. That's when it's not utilizing that comparison as motivation. So that's one way. Another way is, you know, comparing yourself to someone else where you're superior. (laughs) They're like, oh, well, I'm better than them. And I feel really good about myself because I'm better than XYZ person. And where I think this hits too is, morally feeling like you're morally justified because you're making better choices than someone else when you don't know their journey. And this is something that's so, to me, so incredibly important because there are people that on the surface 
they look one way. And if you actually knew them, if you actually were intimately knowledgeable of what is going on in their world, you would have a completely different thought process. And so when we view someone else through only what they're allowing us to see and we make judgment, we are wrong because you will never know. You can't look at my social media and know what my life is like. You can't look at anybody's social media and really truly know because we're not going to tell you everything. Like we don't have time. You're not going to be in my brain. And so I think that we need to be really cautious when we start to feel like we're better than someone else, or we start to imagine that even if we feel like someone else has it all together and they never struggle, I promise you they do. They just aren't telling you about it. That's kind of dangerous. And then there's other things like we're comparing ourselves. Like when I compare myself, where I was yesterday, I'll never get where I want to go tomorrow. Or based on where I am now, I'm never going to get to where I want to go. Or based on how well I did last year at this competition, I won't be able to be successful or whatever. So I feel like there's all of that could be dangerous depending on how you're internalizing it. Yeah. You know what is so funny is this example is completely out of left field, but I have to share it. In my previous life, I dated mostly military men. And they're very, you know, first of all, they're very tall or ripped or decorated, or they're going to go be pilots, Marine pilots. Maybe they're Navy SEALs. Maybe they've already been deployed. And in their mind, like that's success. Like that is the standard of success. That makes me a man. That makes me superior. And like you were talking about, like comparison can also, you believe you're better than other people, right? And I, I want to recognize, like, especially in the military, like I deal with this constantly both from when I was dating, but then also, you know, now in my career, people look at the amount of ribbons I have or, you know, whatever they look at my chest and they rank you on how good you are as a naval officer based on how many ribbons you're sporting. And I'm like, you don't know anything about me and my career and what I do. But to circle back to the conversation with Austin is it was an ugly thing when I first started dating Austin to see the messages I would get from some were peers from the Naval Academy and some were men who were pursuing me. And they were like, I don't understand why you're dating this guy who's like five eight and, you know, not huge. And what does he even do? And this was like more than a handful of military dudes. And I just sat back and thought like, it's so sad that you think that is what I'm looking for in a husband. Like I'm looking for a decorated war hero with a six pack that towers over everyone and is essentially arrogant. Like those aren't the qualities I'm looking for in a husband. And they could not compute that like I wanted someone who was walking in faith, was a good person, who had a huge heart, who loved his family, incredible friends, supportive, like self-confidence. Like those were the qualities I was looking for. And he had all of them. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm just, I'm sad for you. I'm sad for you that you think you're so superior to other men because you are in the military and do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, that makes me really sad for you. And if anything, it turned off that spigot for me of wanting to pursue some of those other relationships. And it made Austin look even more incredible because he never racks and stacks himself against other men. And that's what makes him so beautiful in our relationship is that that could easily be something that he was insecure about being with a woman in the military, but he has his own thing and he has his own lane and he has his own talents. And it's really beautiful to watch that versus what I witnessed in some of those men who are in the military and have every reason to be so confident, but they showed more insecurity because they thought they were so superior. You know, I think if your worth as a person is wrapped up in your earthly accomplishments, you're missing the opportunity to really see true growth and true contentment. I haven't accomplished amazing. I don't feel like I've accomplished amazing things. I think that I view life. Which is funny <laughs> because you have. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like, I, like it's not something that I, I sit in and think about. I think for me, my worth as a person has much more to do with how does God view me? How does my husband view me? How does my, how do my children view me? How am I a good friend? Am I a good mentor? Am I someone 
I mean, do I wake up every morning with the best of intentions for other people? And I fail sometimes. Like we all do. I mean, there are times I say things that I'm like, woof, man, I really should mm, Heather, yeah, get a handle. Or I think things, or I get like this year, I just said this to someone. I'm like, one thing I want to work on this year is praise praising the Lord when I accomplish things, like praising him first. Like that, yeah. that's something I really want to work on because I, I think I missed the boat on that. Like the gratitude is not always there. Like, thank you so much for allowing X, Y, Z to happen. And then praising others quickly because I once heard, you know, a, a compliment thought not spoken is a travesty. And so I want to make sure that I'm I'm complimenting those around me that are worthy of praise that may not receive it often. I want to be better at that. And then lastly, like I want to praise myself when I actually do something, say something, or had a moment where I've actually done something well that I want to give myself a little bit of credit, like, hey, that was good, way to go. And like, you know, pat myself on the back just a little, because sometimes we miss that. We spend so much time picking ourselves apart and being frustrated, annoyed, or irritated with ourselves that we miss the chance to notice those few things we do every single day that's good. Right. You mentioned before in our conversation, you said imprints matter. Imprints matter. I love that because you're talking to me about how I'm like in any capacity of what you're doing, how you're approaching life, um, what you're pursuing, even the tiniest of imprints versus the largest, like they still matter, which I think a lot of us forget about. Your self-image is actually the sum total of all the imprints that you have. So what you think about, talk about, write about, what happens around you. So when when we talk about mental management, my father created the mental management system based on his experience and his interviews of champions to find out how they think differently. And when we're looking at, there's three mental processes we really want to focus on, your conscious mind, which is your thoughts, your subconscious, which is your skills, and your self-image. Your self-image is like your habits and your attitudes. Well, your self-image is built based on imprints. So what happens around you, what is told to you, the type of interactions you have with people are all imprints. What you actually do is an imprint. What you tell yourself is an imprint. The things you imagine in your mind, those are imprints. And so the imagined imprints matter just as much as the actual ones. And therefore, we need to really focus on what imprints do we want. You want to focus on what you want to have happen, not what you don't want to have happen. And when we're talking about comparison, when we're comparing ourselves to someone else where they are superior... And then we knock ourselves down internally, like I am never going to be able to compete with her. I'm never going to be able to achieve X, Y, Z. Instead of, wow, I'm super happy for her. That's awesome that she's able to do that. That's great. I'm able to do things too. I'm grateful that I'm able to do X, Y, Z thing. And why downplay you when someone else is being successful or is doing something that's, that's good? Don't bring yourself down based on someone else. And where they're at. I love what you just said. Self-image equals the sum of the imprints around you. That, I feel like one of the biggest things that changed for me, especially when, you know, I started when I was competing for Miss California, not even Miss Ohio, Miss California, was what I was consuming and then my perspective as I approached it and the people in my circle. So the people I had in my circle who you know, were so supportive of my pageant career, but also really proud of what I was doing in the Navy. That really meant the world to me. And then what I was consuming on social media was uplifting. And if it did not kind of like Marie Kondoing my social media feed, like if it didn't spark joy, I would assess it. Like why? Why isn't this sparking joy for me? Is it because I'm jealous? Is it because, you know, this isn't content that's uplifting me? And I would assess it from there. And I'd be like, okay, if, if I'm jealous, is it, why is it that I'm jealous? And then how can I work toward eradicating that jealousy? Like what was the aspect of it that made me jealous? Um, or someone I need to unfollow? In the meantime, there's been people that I've taken off social media temporarily because, for example, when I had the Sports Illustrated swim search back in 2020 as well, 2020, 2021, I was truly perplexed and didn't understand why I didn't get a call back. I felt so competitive. You know, they had reached out to me. They had reposted me on their social media feeds. And I was like, oh, like, this is my moment. I'm going to get a call back. And they, they did probably about 30 different callbacks. And I wasn't one of them. And a lot of those callbacks were peers of mine who I knew. 
And I was like, wait, what? Like, I have such a passion in and I could do so many big things for this. And there were times I had to like mute these women on Instagram because it was just hard for me not to down spiral in that comparison. I don't know if that's the right way to approach things, but I now really try to keep things just very uplifting and very positive and try to approach them in a positive way and change my mindset. But what would you recommend for those who, you know, maybe they're working on that self-image. They don't even know where to start because like you said, that's one third of, you said it's conscious, subconscious, and self-image, but then also you're seeing social media every single day. Like how do they even start to make these changes in their life? I think recognizing your sphere of influence and how powerful it is. Like who are you spending time talking to? Who are you spending time focusing on? And what does it cause you to think about you? So you muting some of these people, probably pretty brilliant idea, because if it's not bringing you value, if it's not leading you somewhere where you can actually be used for good, then maybe it's time to walk away from it, mute it, whatever. There are times when we're in a situation and an environment that is not helpful. And even if it's an environment that used to bring us joy, when it stops and when it is now toxic or it is harmful or is causing mental, emotional, or sometimes physical strain, I don't think it's a bad idea to walk away. And I don't think anyone should judge you for it. They will, but they probably shouldn't because again, they don't know your story. They don't know what's going on because you're probably not being open about it. I like the muting thing because no one knows you muted them. And so- yeah. It's not a completely unfollow. It's, yeah, just a temporary mute. I'm old enough to where I don't think I understand social media well. And so therefore, it's kind of like, and maybe this will be better by the time you post this because I'm trying to actually <laughs> pursue some sort of social media in a little bit of a more maybe professional yes. manner. But I just post whatever is on my mind and I don't post that often really. And so... And for me, I don't have a ton of extra time on my hands. And I also don't feel obligated to have to comment and like and scroll and all of that. I don't feel that source of that tug that I have to. And so occasionally I'll, I'll flip through and I really don't have no rhyme to reason as to what I like and what I don't like. I'm just like, oh, I'll hit this little, I'll hit it twice so that the little heart thing lights up. Like, I don't know. And so I'm not necessarily drawn to have that pull to mute anybody There have been times when if someone posts something that just leads me to think something that's not valuable, it's not that I am upset that they posted it, it's that it doesn't bring me value. And so I may unfollow some people. Like if they post something that I'm just like, you know, that's not what I want on my feed. Yeah, it's my feed. And it's rare, but it does happen occasionally where I'm like, yeah, okay, you're heading in a direction that I'm not heading. And so you deserve a following that wants to follow. And I, I'm not going to judge what you're posting. I just don't have to see it. And especially when Ashley was little, there would be an occasion when I'd be following someone and they would post something. I'm like, I don't need her to see it when I'm scrolling. And so those types of things. But so I think it's fair to have that sense of, I'm going to know what I want to see and I'm going to allow myself to see what I want to see. For me, it's like almost a protective mechanism. So that way I don't get into an unhealthy space. I will be very frank. So uh, there's been a a couple times now where these things have happened to me different than I thought. So, you know, I I was dead set on winning Miss California. I thought that was going to happen for me. And when I didn't, I needed time to reset and realign or refocus. So I did unfollow the Miss California USA account, you know, that I was like religiously posting on. And, you know, eventually... When it was Miss USA time, I went back on it. I was seeing all the things that Alicia was doing. I might have muted Alicia. I'm not sure. But it was not out of negativity or it wasn't because I disliked her or anything like that. It was just like, I need to now put the blinders on like horses do in a horse race. And I need to focus on my lane and not focus on these outside distractions. And like you talked about kind of getting obsessive. I knew I have a tendency to get obsessive over things. I did that again with the swim search, like I mentioned, you know, when I didn't get a callback or even make it into the top 15 as a finalist, I did have to mute several women, although so happy for them. Like I knew they were deserving, but I was transitioning into a new role. I was moving to Chicago. I was planning a wedding. I needed to, again, put those blinders on and focus on my race 
what I was doing and what stay in my lane. And I circled back and I unmuted them and I, you know, commented and was cheering them on. But I had to do that for me to stay focused on what was going on in my life. And I even did that this last probably two years. I unfollowed the Miss USA page, the Miss Universe page, because a lot of times what you follow is what you see. And so I kept seeing nonstop pageant. And I'm like, I am trying so hard to move on with my life and focus on all these other areas that are more fruitful because I've aged out of the Miss USA system. I've gotten married. You know, I'm a wife. I want to be a godly woman. I'm focused on my podcast, all these other things going on with my life. I just like two weeks ago started following the Miss Universe page and Miss USA page again. And I needed that temporary break to do what Kelly needed to do. So with that, how would you give or recommend women who maybe are obsessive over topics or obsessive over people or obsessive over things? How do you even start to approach that and break that down? It was so interesting, the word obsessed, because in church yesterday, not to get all preachy, but in church yesterday, the pastor said, we view the world through the lens of our obsession. So whatever we are obsessed about is how we view the world. Wow. And he was heading in the lane of if we're obsessed about the gospel, then we view the world through a Christ-like lens. And if we're not, then we're going to view the world through whatever it is that that we spend our time focusing on, right? So whatever it is that we're obsessed about is how we view the world. And that just hit me. It hit me so hard because I'm like, wow, can there be a positive obsession? I want to spend my time viewing the world through a lens in which is powerful and purposeful and Christ-like. And so therefore, I want to make sure that I'm starting my day and ending my day with something that helps fuel that. Yeah. If I'm going to be obsessed about something, let me be obsessed about something that brings value to the world. Yeah. Wow. So I think my first thought would be, where's your heart? When you're watching things, when you're following things, and when you're viewing things, what is it telling your heart? Are you empowered by it? Are you motivated by it? Are you excited by it? Are you are you quick to compliment? Are you quick to find joy in it? And if not, then it may be that you're being told internally, hey, this is not for you, at least not right now. And that's okay. And if you lose followers, and it's a whole other thing, like I'm about to go unfollow a ton of cheer accounts because Ashley was motivated to pursue cheer in college. And, and now things have happened in her life that have led her to realize. And I really think it's more, she's realized that she has other talents and other passions and there's other things that are more important to her. And she's decided not at least currently to pursue that. And it's been a little gut-wrenching. And so I'm about to unfollow all of these things. That doesn't mean I don't care about that world. It's that that world no longer is valuable to what I want to see in my feed. Like you said, like I see a ton of stunts in my feed and I know that's not probably what I need to see in my feed, I guess. And so it's kind of like being really intentional with how you spend your time, what you focus on, what do you listen to? What do you watch? Who do you call when you struggle and what do you talk to them about? Are you seeking wisdom? Are you seeking an opportunity to gossip? Which is it? And so trying to just really be honest with where you are. I love that. Seeking wisdom or seeking an opportunity to gossip. So funny you say that because I am so guilty of this. I know exactly who to call when I want to vent. I know exactly who to call when I need a motivational speech, exactly who to call when I need someone to go, you're so right. Yeah. Screw the haters. Like I know exactly who to call for each of those things. And I've been assessing that lately. I really have been. I've almost been calling less people over the last couple months because I started realizing that. And I'm like, okay, I need to recenter here and figure out like, who are the people to call that I need to call when I don't necessarily want to hear what they have to say, but they're going to give me the truth. And that's probably what I need more of if I want to continue challenging myself. I don't necessarily always need people saying, you're perfect. You're amazing. You're so right. I'm not right. I love that about Austin, my husband, because I said this on your podcast. That's what it was. Like if I have something, say uh, someone who wants to partner with me or say someone who commented something or I want to wear something specific, whatever it is, I'll be like, Austin, what do you think about this? Like, I really want to wear this deep low cut V-neck shirt. And he'll be like, so cool. 
but that's not really like your brand. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, why can't I wear this top on a Saturday night that shows a lot of cleavage? Like, I should, I whatever, and post a picture in it. He's like, oh, no, you, sh- you can wear it. Like, you're a married woman. Mar- wear it on our date night. That's fine. He's like, maybe not post a picture in it, you know? And I'm like, he, you know, just really always kind of keeps me centered. And uh, sometimes I'll be like, no, F the haters. Like, I'm going to do whatever I want to. And then it's so good to have those people who kind of are the checks and the balances because he'll be like, I think you can do this, but maybe don't do this. And I'm like, it's never always what I want to hear, but it's like what I need to hear, which is super powerful to have in your circle. I'm just fortunate enough. It's my husband. <laughs> That's so good. And yes, you were on our With Winning in Mind podcast. Yes, I was. And so that was so good. We posted it a couple months ago. So it's on YouTube and then your extended interviews on our Patreon channel, which is so cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on that. I was, I feel like every time I talk to you, it's a, a lot of self-reflection to be fair, like a lot of things that I know I need to continue to work on. And, and one last thing, you know, we talked about before the show, I want to make sure we touch on is comparison based on journey. You've mentioned based on where I've been, I should be here or based on where they've been, they should be here or jealousy based on someone else's journey. How can you kind of dive into that just a little bit more? And I see this happen in my two primary markets that I'm currently in is pageantry and dog sports, which is interesting, two completely different. Yeah, I didn't know that about the dog sports. That's so funny. Dog handlers are really cool because it tends to be or has in the past been primarily women getting involved later on in life, sometimes after they've been successful or uh, when they don't have children anymore, or maybe they don't have children at all, but they just want to do something with their dog as they get involved. But anyway, so it's a really great market, but there's this comparison and anything that makes sense in pageantry because, you know, you're in a competition where you are, you feel as though you're being compared by judges. In dog sports, a lot of times, sometimes maybe someone will have a dog that's from a litter and someone else that they know that's in the same dog sport will have a litter mate. And then they'll kind of watch the progress and you're on different journeys. You have different animals. Like it's a different world, but yet for some reason it's like, wait, no, I should be where they are. Well, that's not necessarily fair. What an interesting metaphor. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's crazy. But it's so true. And it's like, if you look at even in households, sometimes siblings are compared. Oh, yeah. Maybe not just by parents. And, and parents, please try really hard not to do it. I think it's very difficult not to, especially if your kids are similar in age or whatever. But at the end of the day, like having a kid in school, this didn't happen to my kids. My kids are like nine years apart in grade. So by the time a teacher had my daughter, they forgot, like they had my son nine years before. And it's only been like one teacher that has had both of them. But in some cases, you know, your kids might be just a couple years apart in school and the older one might be really ambitious and super studious and studies well and is, and is very well behaved and just responsible and everything. And then your next child might just be creative and really kind of a little more active and just doesn't have the same interest or level of maybe awareness that your older child did does not make them any less deserving It's just the moment they're in that classroom, is there a temptation? I mean, there could be, I don't know. Most teachers, I think, are really good at this, at not doing this, but there could be a temptation as, oh, like there's an expect you're going to be like your sister or you're going to be like your brother. And I don't think that's fair. We're all individuals. And the other thing, well, in when we talk about this journey too, in pageantry, I see this happen where someone wins on their first try. And it happens where where someone might just come, it feels like out of nowhere and and they win right off the bat. It doesn't mean that they didn't put effort in. It's just they put effort in other places in their life that made them prepared and capable and able because everyone's on the same starting point. Yeah. Judges don't know any of y'all. So they have no idea if someone's done it six times and been first runner up, you know, four times in a row. They don't know that. Yeah. They don't know that that's the one who deserves the win. They just know everybody's at that same starting point for them. And so someone who's brand new could win and someone else could be really disappointed about that because, oh, that's not fair. She didn't pay her dues. Like, well, she showed up, she entered, she was qualified and won. So here we go. So I think it's very difficult to avoid comparing your journey to someone else's, but I think the best way to handle that 
is to look for the joy in your individual journey each and every day. Yeah. Look for the joy in your individual journey and recognize that the journey that you are on is allowing you to meet people that you wouldn't meet if you were on somebody else's journey. The journey you're on is you're able to influence people in a positive way because of your journey. The story that you will have to tell will be different from anybody else's story. And sometimes struggle is necessary for growth. It's kind of like when we work out, our muscles have to break down in order to build. Eh, Sometimes that happens to us too, where sometimes we have to go through the struggle. I like to say you have a breakdown before a breakthrough. So don't be upset when life isn't perfect. Kind of look at what are the imperfections that make my life valuable to someone else? What what am I learning? How can I invest in someone else and, and teach them something? That makes my journey worth it. So embrace the joy in the journey, even if there's struggle. I still struggle with this all the time. I have two separate compartments in my brain. And there's the professional slash passionate part of my journey, which, you know, I reflect and I'm like, you know, these opportunities wouldn't be given to me. You know, had my parents been able to pay for my college, I wouldn't have gone to the Naval Academy. Straight up went because I had no money. and. That might have been what got my foot in the door, but that's not why I'm staying here 13 years later. And I look at that and I'm like, wow, like that had to happen so blank could happen. And then I look at, you know, being runner up at Miss California, you know, I had to go through accepting that challenge and that failure so that way I could make a podcast. That's why I have a podcast is because I spoke with you and we were like, screw it. Let's just do this thing ourselves. You know, let's just build this brand and this platform. We don't need the name, you know, Miss California to do that. There's so many things which is, continues to fuel me in my passion and in my professional life because it's a journey. Like you said, I'm learning so much along the way. But then I have this other part of my life I struggle with consistently. And I talk to Austin about it a lot. And it's my peers who maybe had parents who could pay for their weddings or peers who had parents who could put down the down payment on their five-bedroom home. Or, you know, maybe they're in a position where they don't have to work quite as much because their husband is further along in their career, so now they can start a family and have that balance a little bit more. And sometimes I feel myself comparing those things because I live in a tiny little Chicago apartment And my wedding was beautiful, but we paid for it all ourselves. So there was a lot of things we had to cut costs on. You know, we're still saving, saving, saving. Someday we hope to buy a home when we decide to start a family. All of these things that sometimes feel like barriers because I see people doing them already. But Austin always reminds me and then I have to pray and remind myself that like, What's supposed to happen will and that God has a plan for it all and he's taking care of me so far. So I can't keep comparing what some other people may have gotten faster. I need to appreciate, again, like you said, the journey along the way until someday achieving those things. I think we need to remember that we appreciate things in direct proportion of the price we pay for it. If there is no price to pay, the appreciation is lessened. So the fact that you had to work really hard for your education means you probably appreciate it more. The fact that you had to pay for your wedding means that you had the wedding that you wanted or could afford and you probably appreciate every single moment of that wedding because of it. And so while maybe you don't have the five-bedroom house, you also don't have to clean the five-bedroom house. So like I would be really appreciative of that if I were you. The bigger the house, the more to clean. And the more stuff you wind up buying that you don't need, I promise. Yep. To fill the spaces. Yep. True, true. There's always blessing. You just have to be willing to look for it and just recognize that if you're paying a tremendous price, then you're probably also learning tremendous lessons and then can be very appreciative for where you are. And so don't wish for the life that someone else has. Because, and the more you have, sometimes the more struggle comes along with it. It's different struggle. It's not the same as what you deal with, but it's different. Like we talked about it the other day, you know, the whole mega ball, whatever it is. I don't usually play the lottery, but the other day, like, oh, it's like a billion dollars, whatever. Let's go buy a ticket. And then we have a conversation. My husband and I have a conversation like, do, would we want to win it? 
Yeah. Would we even want that? Because, wow, to go from where we are now to being, you know, having hundreds of millions of, of dollars at your disposal, do I want the struggle that comes with that kind? Eh, I don't know that I do. I don't know that I want, I mean, it'd be a great problem to have initially. Like I can do whatever I want. I don't have to do anything. I can go buy whatever house I want and do whatever. But then there's all these other stresses. Like, I don't know that I want that. And so don't wish for what you don't have. Be very grateful for what you do have and find the joy in those small moments. The smaller the house, the more intimate the conversations. Like maybe that's one way to look at it. Yeah. And I also, you know, on that note, Austin and I have had the same conversation about the like mega millions Sometimes it's insane to reflect and think if I was to come into millions of dollars all of a sudden, what would my life look like? Everything I do right now is driven because I have to work really, really hard for it. I hustle because I don't come from money. I That wasn't my life. That wasn't my upbringing. So, so much of who I am as this, you know, multi-passionate person this hustler, this, you know, person building this life and this platform is because I had to figure out how to do it. (laughs) You know, when, like you said, if you're just handed something, you don't necessarily appreciate the work that went into it if it wasn't handed to you. And I'm like, would I even be in the Navy? Would I do X? Would I do Y? Would I do Z? Maybe not. Maybe I wouldn't be. And I'm like, that's a sad thing to think because those are all wonderful parts of who I am now and that I really love. And that it's truly making me a better person. I think that's such a wonderful note to end on before we get into questions. Because what a world we live in where we have these tiny little phones with tiny little snapshots of what people are up to in their life, in their world. It's so hard not to compare but I truly think that you've allowed us to sit back and reflect on ways that we can still be joyous and appreciate the journey that we're on. And don't wish for what could be and don't wish for what was. Even when I look at the memories on my social media and occasionally go back in time to when the kids were little and I'm like, oh, man, back when they were so cute <laughs> and they listened and they adored you, you know, but I'm really grateful for every season of life. I'm grateful mm-hmm. for that season in that season. I have to be. Yeah. Be present and be positive. Be present and be positive. Well, thank you so much, Heather. You're the best as always. Before we get into questions, how can we find you? What's your social media links, podcast links, all the things? So by the time you post this, let's hope that this is up and running because I have a new website. It's heathersumlin.com. I just decided to use my name because it just made it easier. Yeah. And my email address will be heather at heathersumlin.com. In the meantime, heathersumlin at Gmail also works. So that's where you can find me. Social media is just heathersumlin. My Instagram is just heathersumlin. And so you can find me on Instagram. And that's basically the best ways to find me. You can also follow Mental Management Systems on Facebook. That's still running. And then um, Mental Dot Management or with Winning in Mind Podcast. Those two are on Instagram. So yes. feel free. And I will be starting a podcast. I haven't started it yet. So I'm going to have to have you as a guest. Yes. I haven't decided exactly what I'm going to call it or when I'm going to launch it. But it will it will be happening because I'm really excited about that. So isn't it funny that you're over here debating on what to call it and you are the reason why my podcast is called Misunderstood and you thought of it in like five minutes? <laughs> yeah. You're literally like, you should yeah. be misunderstood because you're very misunderstood. And I was like, there we go, money right there. Yeah. It was the perfect name. It came at the perfect time. I'm really, really good at helping other people brainstorm for them. And then when it's me, anything it's just, you know, when you're so close to something, it's hard to see it. Yeah. And so therefore you need like that outside person to come in. Like the other day, Ashley, I was telling her, I said, well, you know, trying to decide what to call it. You know, I was thinking like ask an achiever because I interview people who have achieved things. She was like, eh, you know, she goes, I think it should be secrets of an achiever. And I'm like, oh, she's like, that's just, that's just better. Like secrets of an achiever. I'm like, hmm. So my 18 year old giving me this, like, yeah, I'd listen to that. And I'm like, yeah. oh, alrighty then. So it could be that. I don't know yet. Yes, 
ask away, you know, before we dive into the questions, God, I could talk to you all day long, but that's exactly what has happened with my social media following and why it's doubled in the last year. It's because I came to a point where I was like, wait a second, I don't know everything. And I keep trying to do this the Kelly way. Like, oh, I, I think I should do this. I think I should do that. And then I just started asking, what do you guys want to see? How do you guys feel about this content? And then it just was so basic. They were like, tell us about your marriage. Tell us how you navigate conversations and difficult conversations with your husband. Tell us what you pack for lunch. Tell us how you plan out your week. Tell us how you overcome the trolls. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. I do that every day. <laughs> like The most simplistic things like, is what people just want to see and they want to consume. So yeah, I just kind of started, again, to put the blindfolders on to what incredibly amazing produced content that others were doing. And I started doing the best I could Mm -hmm. with the hand I was dealt, creating my content on my commute. And here we are. So it's going to be the same way for you. You just need to take a second, poll your audience, even those listening now, go over to Heather Selman's Instagram, have a conversation with her, tell her what you want to know more about. You are an absolute wealth of knowledge, wealth. You could talk about any topic. You could talk about the weather and you would have something empowering to say. Like, so I'm so grateful for you. You're the best, not so hidden secret to my success really in life. I still use the skills that you taught me every single day, every single day. So thanks, Heather. It's been an honor. I appreciate you. It's been a true honor to work with you over the years and just continue our friendship. It's been great. Thanks, Heather. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Okay, so as always, I'm going to dive into some rapid-fire questions with you. Very lighthearted, you know, just the people want to know it all. So first, Heather, just kind of get into what are you reading these days? What are you reading or what are you listening to? What podcasts are you obsessed with? So I'm trying to finish. I did the Bible recap last year, which was like, I'm listening to the Bible basically because I have the Bible recap, the Bible app called the Bible recap. So it basically recaps the Bible chronologically in a year. So it tells you exactly what to read and it's chronological review of the Bible. So I didn't successfully complete it last year. I'm about 50 something days shy of getting all the way through the Bible. So I'm finishing that. And there's a podcast that connects with it. Tara Lee Cobble does it and it's really good. So it gives you that. So that's one thing that I'm doing. As far as what I'm listening or what I'm reading, I tend to not read. I tend to do audiobooks. So the one I'm listening to right now, I can't even remember who recommended it, but it's called Called to Create. It's Christian-based, and it's basically whereas we were created by an entrepreneur, if you think about it, because God creates, entrepreneurs create. So as I'm starting this new business and really looking at it from an entrepreneurial standpoint, someone recommended I should listen or read that book. And I love that. It's been pretty cool because he's a creator and you're a creator. And so you should look at it as a calling instead of something else. Anyway, that's what I'm currently listening to. What was that called? Called to Create. Called to Create. And that was an audio book? It's an audio book. Let me see if I can see who it's by. It's by Jordan Rayner. Jordan Rayner. I don't know. It's really good so far. Okay. So we'll see. I just started it. It would be great for you to listen to. So- yeah, I need to do more audiobooks. Chris Harrison started a new podcast, which I thought was kind of interesting since he kind of got canceled. Yeah. You know, and so I was like, um, interesting. So I kind of started listening to that a little bit just to see what he had to say. So, and since I'm starting a podcast, I'm like, I'm curious. I'm going to listen to more podcasts. So I'm starting to. How is it so far, Chris Harrison's podcast? He's a really good host. Like, he's really easy to listen to. Yeah. He's not really dishing the secrets or anything, really, like, which is fine. He's more giving like a heartfelt, connection to his audience and kind of like a heartfelt, hey, this is where I was in my life. And then and then his fiance is chiming in. And I find it to be kind of intriguing and and really pretty honest. We love honest. It's called the most dramatic podcast ever. And as someone who's watched the Bachelor series, I'm like, I just found that to be a pretty fitting name. And I was like, mm, I'm curious. So Okay. Maybe I have to check that one out. Yeah. He kind of to me, all that happened, all the drama. And then, yeah, he's basically canceled. And then for me, he like fell off the face of the planet. I don't, I don't even know what he's up to now. So, wow. Crazy. So I just found it to be interesting. I saw it pop up somewhere and I was like, oh, well, that's cool. Let's just see. I really need to listen to new podcasts. My patience is zero. Like, 
I have my favorite podcast is Whoa, That's Good podcast. It's by Sadie Huff. She is just like, one, I feel like we're soul sisters, but two, she's just, you know, so relatable because we're at the same place in our life. It's so positive. And I like that she follows like a very sequential layout to her podcast. I just know when I show up, I know what I'm going to get from it versus I try to listen to The Vine. I think at Caitlin Bristow's podcast, even Jordan Lee Dooley, she, that's a faith-driven one. But sometimes it takes like 30 minutes to get into like the meat of the show. And I'm like, girl, I got a one-hour commute. Like, let's get into it. (laughs) Like, I need to dive into these topics ASAP. I listen to Sadie Robertson sometimes, and a lot of times I'm forwarding it to my daughter because I'm like, oh, you need to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> you need to hear yeah. I deleted a bunch off of my phone, and now I'm I'm getting more. Like, I'm trying to rebuild my podcast and trying to just be very intentional in what I listen to. I let the Chris Harrison one just be like, a, I just wanted to know. I was just way too curious person. But the majority of what I listen to is actually just to build me and grow me as a person. Same. That's what I want. Same. Well, it was just like you were talking about in the show, you know, the self-image piece of what you're consuming. When I'm, there's random, very few and far between, I mean, maybe like once every seven weeks. I'm like, ooh, like let's listen to a gossip podcast. But I don't leave thinking like, oh, I'm so fulfilled. I'm so empowered. Like when I start my day with something like Sadie Robertson's podcast or even I go back and listen to some of my episodes where I feature, you know, people like you. And like, let's do it. Like, you know, I have to be encouraged by my own words sometimes. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you know, I had this conversation with Heather. What a great conversation that was. I need to take a note out of my own book here and go have a kick butt day. So yeah, I try to to only listen to things that are really like fulfilling and encourage me as well. I'm open to new podcasts to listen to. So if anybody has con- like suggestions. Yeah. I would love some suggestions. Send it to both of us. We need both. Other than armchair expert, because everyone always sends that one to me. It's, you know, where he interviews celebrities and famous people and all of that. I couldn't really get into that one. Who, I know you're not a big social media person, so you can just say next, but are you following anyone that's really inspiring that you look forward to? Anything like that? Not not really, because I tend to just honestly not get my substance from social media. Okay. So... No. That's okay. And then uh, the last two questions. One, I always have to ask this. What's your Starbucks order? I get water. I don't drink coffee. So I literally, if I go to Starbucks, I'm going there for their food. So they have their bacon gouda sandwich I really like. They have a ham and Swiss croissant and they have this other ham thing and it's way too expensive. So I never get it. And I get water because their water is really good and it's free. And you can get a venti water I for free. I did not know you didn't drink coffee. You know, I have also, I have a coffee addiction, but when I don't need coffee, maybe I already had two cups that day, I'll drink the medicine balls now, which the medicine ball tea is divine. It's so good. Do you drink tea? No. Oh, okay. I literally drink water, water only. I stopped drinking soda in 2019. I haven't had, I haven't had any soda since June 1st of 2019. And I drink water and then alcoholic beverages occasionally, but otherwise that's it. Same. That's me, but plus coffee. And then you already touched on this, but I want to end on this exciting note. What is next for you? What is next? What's going on with you? So many things. I'm about to be an empty nester. So Ashley's going to graduate from high school this year and that's exciting. So it looks like she's going to go out of state. So Rich and I are looking forward, looking forward like cautiously, like, like, you know, we're not really looking forward, but kind of looking forward to it, trying to figure out what is that world going to be like? What is that chapter going to be like? So not only am I starting a business, but Ashley is going to be leaving to go to school. And so she'll be pursuing a whole new chapter as we are pursuing a whole new chapter. So I feel like there'll be lots of travel now that I'm 100% online. So I'm doing... I'm not doing any more in-person clients at the moment. It doesn't mean I won't, but that's not going to be a primary focus of my business. So therefore, I can do my work from absolutely anywhere, which gives me the yeah. freedom to travel and I can work with anyone at any time from anywhere. So that gives me a, a sense of freedom. My husband travels a lot for work, so I might kind of tag along, follow him along in some of his yeah. places that he goes to. So that'll be exciting. And I don't know. I, I'm just looking forward to whatever is in store. I'm excited yeah. for what's next. 
So yeah, it's going to be incredible. I'm so excited for you. This was a long time coming. I'm excited to see you kind of branching out and starting your business. And if anyone wants to reach out to Heather in any capacity for mental management, mental coaching, she is the person for you. So thank you. I know this was a long podcast. It always is with you. And I don't want to cut it off because it's it bears incredible fruit and we need it all. Take a bite. So thank you, Heather, for being here. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And everyone have a blessed rest of your day. Thanks, Heather. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys. And I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you love, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you are looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall. The views and opinions presented here in this episode are those of myself and do not necessarily represent the views of the DoD or its components. Appearance of or reference to any commercial products or services does not constitute DoD endorsement and those products or services. The appearance of external hyperlinks does not constitute DoD endorsement of the linked websites or of the information, products, or services therein.